Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Metals Movers. I'm Christina Belda, deputy editor of Argus Metals International. And today I'm joined by two of our reporters, Sean Morris and Samuel Good, to discuss what's been going on in the ferroalloys markets lately and what could be some of the key price drivers over the coming months. Sean, Sam, welcome to the podcast. Uh, hello. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Christina. Thank you for being here today. Maybe you guys can introduce yourselves and, and tell us which markets specifically you cover weekly. Hi, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Sam. I uh, I cover the bulk alloy markets in Europe, as well as manganese flake and chromium metal. And my name's Sean. Uh, I cover the noble alloys in Europe, Fimo, ferrovanadium, all that good stuff. And then I also cover tantalite and columbite as well. Thank you very much. So now I wonder if you would like to set the stage and want to tell us uh, what kind of movements you have seen, what's been happening in the market. There is, has been a lot of volatility and maybe that can bring us to what's happening today and, and looking forward. Yeah, so I think kind of looking at where we are now, it, I think it's pretty important to consider kind of how exceptional the last couple of years have been you know in 2020 everything was obviously completely shuttered for the year then last year industry was sort of beginning to recover but the supply chains weren't really in a position where they could support the surge in demand that we were seeing on a lot of metals and so at least on the noble alloys there were some prices that really jumped especially ferromolybdenum and now we're halfway through 2022. I think we've got this conflict in Ukraine to contend with, global economies teetering on the edge of recession, really high energy prices. And I think all of these sort of headwinds are starting to bring some of the metal markets back down to reality. So we're seeing some prices starting to fall and kind of settle at a lower level. So it's been a pretty interesting couple of years. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd echo what Sean said in that it's been an exceptional couple of years and this year's been no less exceptional. And this year we're heading into a summer slowdown marred by several other factors such as the ongoing conflict and we've got global macroeconomic conditions deteriorating under the surface and it's not really coming through in any major way yet. We're seeing reports of banks putting in monetary funds and ways to counter this but we're not seeing a massive impact on market prices yet but we're certainly seeing downside we're certainly seeing some stabilizing at lower levels we're heading into summer months so i think a lot of people are just kind of shutting down and seeing where we are in a few months time mm -hmm. and in terms of demand what are we seeing how are steel makers reacting to this the high energy prices and and are they like reducing the demand for ferroalloys or novel alloys both in Europe and in Asia, what's the situation? Yeah, I mean, steel demand is really incredibly weak at the moment. Steel prices have been in decline for a couple of months now. HRC prices in Europe are now down by around 40 to 50% from late March. We're around 815 euros at the moment. It's down and, and as a result, steel producers are using less ferro alloys and therefore the spot market is getting thinner and thinner. That being said, that's quite a sort of a near to medium term view in the longer term in the years to come. 
it's more optimistic at the end of the day still is going to be one of these key transition materials and economic slowdowns aren't necessarily going to change to that it might just kind of stunt that so it's probably more optimistic in the longer term but in the short term it's it's certainly looking quite gloomy for demand from steel producers yeah i would agree i think in the near term especially going into the summer steel demand is going to be lower although the noble alloy side especially I'm hearing a lot about automotive and the automotive sector being weakened. You know, we're seeing the shortage of semiconductors has been around for, well, since 2020. There's not enough semiconductor parts for car companies to be able to finish producing the cars that they're making. And now there's also shortages of other parts because of the conflict in Ukraine. So the automotive sector is quite weak and that's really kind of weighing on demand for some of the noble alloys, FEMO especially. So we are seeing like reduced demand, but at the same time, there are like uh, problems with supply, changes in trade flows in the conflict that started as well. Are you seeing like a fear of sanctions, people like uh, reluctant to buy material from Russia? Is that supporting markets in a way? I'm thinking about ferrovanadium or, or ferrochrome. Yeah, so on ferrovanadium, I think we've seen some interesting shifts in the market there. Obviously, Russia is quite a big supplier of ferrovanadium in Europe and the US. Russia uh, hasn't really been sanctioned on in terms of ferroalloys yet. The UK has sanctioned Everaz, which is a ferrovanadium producer in Russia, but the EU hasn't followed suit. And the UK isn't really a big ferrovanadium consumer. So that hasn't really had too much of an impact on the market. I think there are some companies who will choose not to buy Russian material. That's especially an issue in the US. I think there's a lot of steel mills that aren't quite as interested in buying Russian ferrovanadium now. And that's created quite an interesting dynamic, a bit of a shift in the trade flows, I suppose, where... Russia was previously supplying a lot of ferrovanadium to the US and now they're not willing to buy that material. So uh, American ferrovanadium prices have really shot up and prices in Europe much lower in comparison. So you've got this quite significant premium in the US where you can take European and Brazilian material and sell that at a significant premium to US buyers. I think in Europe at the moment, the ferrovanadium price is somewhere around 37. And in the US, you're talking 54, $55 per kilogram or more. So I think anyone who has material they want to sell is going to try and find an American buyer for that. Not everyone is able to sell into the US. Obviously, there's quite significant import taxes on Chinese and South African material. There's these container shortages, shipping issues. It takes quite a long time to be able to get yourself set up in the US and shipping material there frequently. But that, that's been an interesting shift to follow over the last uh, few months, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, on my side, on, on my markets, it's, uh, it's the case if it was an initial reaction to supply fears and it was kind of a superficial price jump no less real it very much had an impact on market sentiment but at the end of the day the material remains unsanctioned 
as a result of compliance measures, companies self-sanctioning, problems with insurance and financing lines from banks, a lot of buyers have looked to China. And I think this is where we're seeing big trade flow changes on my markets. Ferrochrome, for instance, we're seeing huge kind of interest in Chinese ferrochrome, which is trading at the biggest ever spread to European markets on ferrochrome, that is. And there's a lot of a lot of downside, particularly on higher grade low carbon material, which is one of the ones that's holding the most sort of high price in Europe, even though it is on the downside now. Likewise with ferrosilicon, China's exports were up 69.3% on the year in May. Chromium metal exports up sixfold in May. So we're seeing a real look towards China and weaker domestic steel demand in China has increased the amount of surplus supply and Chinese suppliers are looking to the export market to, to fill that gap. So we are seeing that countries like China or India are able to fill this this Russian gap. Do you think this is going to last in the medium term? Because we are also seeing a lot of shipping delays and, and that's also something I wanted to ask you. How how are we seeing also the, the freight situation? Has it improved uh, or it's something like people are get used to live with? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a new normal for, for, for many markets. I think something that's very prevalent right now is inland costs with the uh, trucking issues. I mean, we had trucking issues in Spain a few months ago that led to quite substantial strike action. We're now seeing record high gasoline costs on the continent, which is really kind of stacking on top of these costs, which are already massive for so many of these alloys. For a ferromanganese, you're adding 100 euros now for inland shipping costs. So it's, it's really kind of inflating the costs. In terms of spreads and kind of how they're affected by the shipping issues, I think things are to some extent normalizing. Certainly for things like manganese flake and ferrosilicon, the spreads are relatively wide compared to historical levels, but they're narrowing and somewhat normalizing at the current spreads. I say that's sort of a contradictory statement. They are slightly coming down, but at a much less volatile rate than the last six months, which has just been unprecedented. Sean, what's your sort of take on that? I mean, in terms of the shipping containers and shipping disruption, I think, like you said, it's a new normal. Everyone's sort of used to there being some level of disruption now. I think it's been going on for long enough. It's actually quite a pleasant surprise if material arrives on time. At the same time, it comes in kind of peaks and troughs. Sometimes there's absolutely no containers available shipping times are getting longer and then other times it looks like they're maybe getting a bit better you can actually find a container in time um there's always this underlying disruption that people have got used to it's just managing kind of how it changes on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. so shipping continues to be a headache and you guys are like in touch with market participants uh, daily so what are also the main concerns that uh, people have like uh, recession or um, energy costs we already discussed what are the main challenges at the moment and going forward in the second half of the year I think although there's kind of these big macroeconomic problems going on, I really don't think the energy problems can be understated. Only a couple of weeks ago, it seemed as though really high price levels had plateaued off, albeit at incredibly high levels. But now a lot of countries, they're on the rally again. Only yesterday, electricity costs hit 412 euros per megawatt hour in Italy. Gas TTF is up at 162 euros per megawatt hour. 
so it's really it's really getting quite high again but of course you've got these kind of recession risks under underlying everything I mean, it's on the horizon i think the material impact at this point is primarily coming from downstream consumers you and i less disposable capital therefore we're not purchasing as many new steel-based goods and so on it filters up the supply chain but of course it, it's on everyone's minds i think people are kind of just burrowing down for summer and seeing where we emerge in a few months time yeah i would agree the recession is definitely on everyone's minds at the minute and everything that comes with that the other thing is the potential for more lockdowns it's still kind of hanging around it's still in the air china's shut down earlier this year i think went on longer than people were expecting and it had a very big impact on prices and i think everyone is still kind of a little bit nervous that if covid rears its head again China shuts down, shipping issues get worse again, just sort of battling the everyday problems that have been around for the last two years. Mm -hmm. And just to, to wrap up, it's very interesting conversation, but do you think that markets have like a lot of room to go down farther with all these challenges because some of the prices are already at production costs or even below so where do you think is, is the bottom for for these markets i'd say i mean it really depends on the market something like ferrovanadium a very temperamental market it goes up very fast and can come down again quite fast it's not really found a bottom yet i would say at least in europe we're around 37 now but hearing lower offers today below 37 and then if you look at something like ferromolybdenum last year it absolutely shot up because of the problems with supply chains it was really difficult to get material into europe and there was actually very good demand and that brought prices up to well well above 40 and they haven't come back down below 40 since we're kind of around 42 at the moment and there's still some of that kind of seasonal pressure on prices but there isn't a lot of room for prices to move down below 40 I would say I think that seems like the bottom that everyone is expecting I don't think anyone really sees there being much room for prices to move below 40 on ferromolybdenum so yeah I think it really depends on the market and who's asking for material that day yeah, ditto. I think we're, we're hitting production costs on a number of uh, markets that I'm covering. Ferromanganese, silicon manganese, we're touching kind of 12, 13, 1400 euros. But the problem is with that, if producers aren't actually putting fresh material into the market, the question of production costs becomes sort of secondary. The real question is how low traders will go to liquidate their stocks. If they're willing to go below production costs to generate some cash before the summer months, then it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to add more pressure. But um, yeah, of course, you've got these energy costs for steel producers. So it's both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. Indeed, so interesting times. Uh, we need to keep an eye on, on the markets to see what's happening in September when the consumers like uh, restock again. I'm afraid we're out of time, so we need to wrap up things here. But thank you both for joining us today and to all of our listeners tuning in around the world. And we hope to see you again in the next edition of Metal Movers. Mm -hmm.